podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Our happy Christmas, Merry Christmas to you and your family, by the Mer- way, as well. <laughs> Merry Christmas to you as well. Um, it's nice to have you again. Um, those Thank you. who don't know James, uh, James Hutch, the historian, the educator, the Kabudo enthusiast, and martial artist. Um, if you want to know more, um, find the previous podcasts when we talk more about his history and stuff. Yeah. And how are you, James, today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Coming off a bit of a, a bit of travel and a bit of sickness, but yeah, otherwise good. And you? Yeah, I'm very, very well. Uh, early morning, but very well. Um, I'm going to hit you with a big one straight, start straight sure. away uh, because a couple of my posts, and as you probably have seen, uh, uh, trolls woke up. <laughs> Just I had a couple Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> um, what What do you think about the deadly karate techniques? Um, as we know, all martial arts and not only martial arts, but fighting can be deadly. Um, but what's from the history stance um, point of view is what evidence is that actually karate was practiced as a deadly art? Because for me, self-defense is everything against deadly. Am I allowed to say bullshit? <laughs> okay, right. Yeah, it's a great marketing tool. So, so the early we'll talk evidence, right? We have evidence. We've got two pieces of evidence um, that are pertinent to that question. The first is uh, Matsumura. Now, Matsumura was the the bodyguard, as you know, to the king. Mm-hmm. In his seven precepts, he talks about um, not really looking for a fight, but using a self defense. And this is coming from a guy who would be the modern equivalent of the SAS, mm-hmm. uh, who goes in, gets stuff out. So this idea that karate was sort of practiced to go around and kill people, that's not historically grounded, okay? Matsumura, who, we said, who I said, he had the right to protect the king. He didn't promote it. Mm-hmm. Kian's family, who also were protecting the king, also didn't promote it. So this idea that karate was this... Um, in its public's face, anyways, this full-fledged, uh, dim mock, mystical silliness. No, there's no grounds for that, Les. Um, was were there aspects within it which were deadly? I think so. I mean, of course, yeah. If you look at some some of the, I mean, this is going to sound terrible, but some of the kata would seem to suggest like there's neck breaks and, mm-hmm. um, but. Remember, in Japan at this time, Okinawa in particular, was a f- pretty violent place. So street fights were really common. Mm-hmm. Like we have reports from 1905 talking about the street fights. Uh, but you don't have a lot of reports of people getting killed. You have reports of people going to jail for assault. The only people who had a right to kill with impunity up until the Meiji Restoration were the samurai class. So the average person wouldn't be going around killing people. So. Yeah, I don't know where that story got started, but it's it's historically the only people who had the right to do that were the samurai, and even that was used with extreme caution. Mm. Extreme caution. That's, what, in fact, what I posted the other day. Your host um, reminded me of the 47 Ronin story mm-hmm. and how that has been mythologized, that these guys went and got revenge. Well, that's actually not historically accurate. Because there's... No right. Sorry, go ahead. There is there's a couple of stories in the book saying that oh yeah he killed uh, I don't know I can't remember I'm terrible with names and you yeah. know um, history but uh, somebody suggested there's two stories uh, that somebody punched somebody and killed one of the teachers maybe Matsumura 
Um, mm. But that was uh, said he died a couple days, Ankoitoso oh, maybe, a okay. couple days after. So I don't see that as a evidence of deadly karate. Because even Motobu in his books was heavily relying on the Chinese medicine and, you know, punch somebody at 12 o'clock in the midday and they're going to die three o'clock in two weeks' time. Um, so that's kind of not uh, reliable evidence. And even if you look on this modern self-defense, not many people die um, after punching, right? Until punching. Yeah, well, that was, that's the second piece I was talking. We have an older document, I think uh, it was translated by... I think it's gone. Uh, and it's about... A father giving advice to his son. The father's the Haitian, the, the, the upper class in, in Okinawa. And he says to his son, yeah, practice martial arts every day because it's good for the spirit, but make sure you're better at organizing and good at politics mm -hmm. and good at your Chinese calligraphy. That's far more important. I think that comes from the 1600s, 1800s. Um, so yeah, this whole like martial arts died, started to die as a killing art, started to die after Battle of Sakigahara. Because remember, the Tokugawa regime Mm -hmm. They established the samurai as a caste system, and only they could fight. So they, and they also wanted peace. And so people again forget this: that Japan was one of the most peaceful places between, say, sixteen twelve, up until the late eighteen hundreds. Mm -hmm. One of the most peaceful places on, on the planet. So, I, yeah, it's always a weird thing. Like, <laughs> and it, I mean, the fact that it's martial art. Karate is not a martial art. It was never meant to be used in the battlefield. Mm -hmm. Right, say with Kobudo, Okinawan Kobudo. If you want to do martial arts, you have to do old school jujitsu, which is instead of like you know, judo, for example, you're on top of the guy and he's face up. You know, this you're mm -hmm. a judo guy, yeah, he's face up and he's breathing. Old school jujitsu, you're almost trying to get the guy always on his face mm -hmm. into the mud. Um, but those are complete, they're completely different systems, like completely. Mm. One was meant for use in the battlefield, which would be martial, and karate is a, a civilian or hand-to-hand -hand combat stuff you know that i mean that's kind of where we're at now i don't know if that answers the question but yeah it's it's a bit of a silly yeah but as well so, you know to to kill people um i think you have a lot of practice but self-defense uh, hmm. it is to get get away from there right so by the definition people say oh you have to master it for years and years and years oh, oh, it's a it's antithesis of a self-defense isn't it who would be well, doing it's also the... the antithesis of a, a martial art how <laughs> long can you train as true okay we're going to take you into 25 and by the time you're 55 you'll be a master and you'll be able to go no it was five years you're done maximum see that's the whole issue around shihan licenses right you've heard of shihan yeah, so, yeah, I am one currently. Yeah, right. Okay, so Shihan license essentially means, even in the old schools, the Ryuha system, the Shihan license means you have learned everything. Now go away and essentially be an adult and be responsible. Mm -hmm. So you actually should have thousands of Ryuha. Mm -hmm. So this idea that was post 1945 with the 38, maybe where the Ryuha system became really solidified was really an economic move but had nothing to do with martial arts mm -hmm. and i hate using that frame martial arts i just don't know a better word i use budo mm -hmm. i don't use martial art or any of that silliness civilian self-defense because it's not quite civilian i use the word budo which just means the way of the warrior for lack of a better word warriors open to any class the hobby yeah 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 it's it's so yeah the, the yes there are killing techniques as, uh, as, 
as they are in any movement we do. Boxing has them. They're illegal <laughs> yeah. in boxing. They're illegal in judo. They're illegal in whatever martial art. Wrestling has it too. You pick a guy up and you hmm. slam him on the back of his neck. Game over. It's illegal. Yeah. Because they're a sport. They've been sportified. But I think, Marsh, you know, circling back to your question, the idea of self-defense. Yeah, the whole purpose of self-defense is to not be there. Mm, exactly. You know, Funakoshi's Karate Nisente Nash, right? I mean, there's always trying to, there is no first strike in, in Karate. Well, okay. That's sort of what it means, but you have, Japanese can't be read alone. It can't be, it has, it's a high context language, right? Mm -hmm. What that statement actually means, and that's an interesting, is don't be an asshole. That's exactly what, in the context, if you read all the other stuff he's saying in that short 20, whatever, 28 principles, whatever it is, what he's saying is if you go, it's got to be read in context. I mean, don't be an asshole. Mm. Don't go looking for a fight. Don't be a jerk. Don't hurt people's feelings. Sorry, I'm swearing a lot, but this, I, I find this stuff really frustrating. <laughs> I, really, I mean, and it, and it misses so much out of what martial art Budo is supposed to be. Mm. As, as well, I, th I think it comes from that promotion on the modern traditional karate. I love that um, that expression, modern traditional karate. And the one punch, one kill, which I think uh, for me, it is just try to knock out people as hard as you can. But it's not literally mean you go and kill people with one punch because how often does that happen? Yeah, okay. So that one punch, one punch, one kill. Now, don't ask me to give you the exact dates is actually taken for the sword system of the Satsuma, the Satsuma clan mm -hmm. in Japan. And the Satsuma were the ones who took over Ryukyu. And in their sword system, they're the only mm -hmm. ones, they have one strike, one kill. Now, you need to check out, though, their, their training system because they're like crazy when they attack. So what happened was their motto of one strike one kill and they they took it in okinawa it was overtaken and one, one fist one pull nobody believes that reality it was it was a total again total propaganda no no it's it's that is the the the, the motto of the satsuma oh, okay jigen mm -hmm. that's their motto but it's one strike with a sword not one strike with a fist and if you see them training you're like oh yeah okay i get it like they're crazy, powerful, focused attack. So that's where that comes from. Yeah, I don't know where that got transferred to karate, but it's understandable because the Satsuma were the ones who took over Okinawa. Because uh, as well, people, you know, we've, we've been all told that um, karate was for... Uh... Uh, farmers and people and, and stuff like that but nice. in, re <laughs> in, re in re reality it was for the um the higher caste wasn't it okay. yeah, we had yeah. the matsumura patrons and stuff like that and the Correct. regular farmer didn't have a time to training anyway so be doing farming absolutely so it was karate in its pre-1904 right so before Kennington mm -hmm. was primarily for an upper class elite to practice who were either up, and this is my theory, I can't really find any proof of it yet. They had two roles. Either they were working directly with the the hickey system or the the, the defense system in the Shirty Castle. So they were 
similar to the SAS, if they're bodyguard, right? Mm -hmm. And then there was another system, and this is mine, and I can't really prove it yet, but it's it's becoming more clear. There were also the guys who were operating as bodyguards in the boats between the various kingdoms in that region, between Korea, China, and Japan, and because of the Waku, the the pirates, and they also had it as well. Mm. And so that's where I think you had sort of two different, not different, but two approaches to martial arts because like, the whole shooting Nahate stuff, that's all made up too. Like people don't realize that that was kind of invented in the 1930s as a way to explain X, Y, and Z, mm -hmm. you know? So I think you had two. how the farmers got the tools. Again, we have fairly clear evidence when the, the, the second sons would move out and become local landlords because we're raiding they would probably, everybody in Okinawa was part of a militia. Mm -hmm. So they had to train with some form of weapon. Um, and that's probably, so you have the, the odori, the dancing mm -hmm. uh, of martial arts, you know, where you have village, what's it called? Murabo, like uh, village bow festivals. Mm -hmm. And so they have all these things that look, but they're really basic bow techniques. Mm -hmm. You know, the other one you'll see this great myth is that in 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 Japanese or in the martial arts of Okinawa, hidden there are hidden within the dancing techniques karate. Mm -hmm. No, no, no. There's there's no evidence for that at all. The guy who came up with that in 1908. There's no evidence for it. But it's in romantic, isn't it? Cultures. Yeah, it's it's nice. It's just like saying Irish dancing is about kicking people when they're down, right? You can say the same. You can see whatever you like, but it's not in there. Well, it's it's obviously a art of shin kicking, isn't it? <laughs> no idea. Shin kicking, maybe. I think there's a martial art of shin kicking, right? And I think it's in Scotland or Ireland or something. Yeah. I think that's slightly, you know, it's. So no, you're right. It wasn't an elite class who practiced it. The, the poor people wouldn't have had the time, and nor would they necessarily been healthy enough. Mm. And then when it came, and it's really interesting that when it came out from behind a veil in 1904, it was brought into national schools for children, right? Mm -hmm. So elementary kids were learning it, but it was brought in as part of the health program. That's really interesting mm. to help build up their bodies because their bodies weren't very well taken care of. You know, Okinawa was and remains the poorest uh, province in Japan. And then when it transferred to the mainland, it's really interesting. It went to the universities. Mm -hmm. So it was the elite, the elite, elite again, who was learning karate. So Shotokan, Shitoru in the universities, that was about 5% of the Japanese population. So it was never diffuse, not like in the mainland, not like um, kendo and uh, karate or judo, which were put into the regular school systems. So, yeah. And uh, yeah. So I've got uh, as well, other tricky question is about uh, modifying karate. So I, I'm, firm belief that uh, kata and karate is for you not the other way but if you want to preserve like you preserving uh, stuff from chitoryu mm -hmm. and uh, kobudo um it's it's fine by me but people have a, a huge problem with oh you're doing kata your way you shouldn't be doing that like that but i think that's the traditional model isn't it <sighs> i don't know I, my, my opinion last time i spoke to you i said i don't think you should change kata right because mm -hmm. it's been changed so much I am starting to, the more I read and the more I think about it, um, I think we're giving it kata too much emphasis. Mm. There should be far more one-to-one -one training 
um, like what man-to-man training or whatever, yeah. person-to-person training. I think that was probably more common. And the whole idea that kata, well, the say that katas haven't changed is a total myth. Look at, there's 15 versions of Basai, right? Yeah. About 20,000 versions of Seisan. So, you know, we know Funakoshi trained in with Seisan. And we know the people he trained with. Who, and if you look at their kata, Seisan, and his version, they look quite different. So to try to say that kata hasn't changed is wrong. It has changed. Secondly, what's the meaning of the kata? It's a person moving around, look like they're dancing by themselves. So in 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 Japanese systems, kata is a two-person drill. Mm. So therefore, by logic, the kata in Okinawa would seem to be some form of individual training where you remember or recall certain techniques or yeah kihons that you learn in training now what those purposes were i don't know we have an idea i think you know they were probably two-person self-defense techniques and Mm -hmm. yeah so my opinion of that but you're talking about about what weren't more about people changing the kata, right? Mm-hmm. Like, well, not, not necessarily changing, but just expressing the kata the way your body works with it, right? Because I try yeah. to sometimes do a traditional version and just mm-hmm. my body says no. It's like, you know, do, do yeah. it in kibadachi. My knees don't like kibadachi, yeah. so mm-hmm. I do shikodachi. And mm-hmm. I don't see the problem with it. The, the frame no is... Yeah. But people say, oh, anatomically different, you know, for different purposes. Yeah, okay. How much you can focus on that during the fight? <laughs> it doesn't make sense, does it? No. It makes no sense. Like, why would you do a martial arts that's bad for your body? Exactly. And as you but... get older, I mean, I'm in the same boat, Les, because of the hip situation mm. we talked about. I'm forced, my shikodachi is much higher than it used to be because I can't get there. Now I'm working on getting down lower again because it's good flexibility. Mm. But katas, those are what that's you're talking minor changes. I, I see those as surface changes. Okay, mm-hmm. Kiba versus Shiko. Okay, yeah, different. You know, like Naihanshi, you see some people do it in Shikodachi, some people do it in Kibadachi. Mm-hmm. What's your purpose of Shiko? Kibadachi. What's your like, what are you remembering? Like, what's the purpose of this? I'm a good friend, Joe Smith. Uh, Joe Smith, Joe Swift said, perhaps. Karate, we're giving far too much emphasis to kata, and I'm beginning to think he's tr- he's right on the money with that. Mm. Um, yeah, I think it's just a tool. It's another tool in the. It should be another tool in the arsenal. But when you're exporting something, and you're trying to control it, so you can make money off it or ego off it, then yeah, there has to be only one right way because I've got the secret and you don't. Yeah, exactly. The secret, the favorite thing on karate secrets, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Co- well, and co- you wrote about that in your second book, right? Second yeah, yeah. Book? Yeah. There's no secrets. And um, what I was going to say, I was saying something, had a fo- chain of thought there um, about changing that kata as well. But I, I know. But, you know, I'm I'm on a lost boat anyway because I'm from Kyokushin background. So what do we know about kata, right? Our katas yeah, well, are so changed that uh, it's not even karate anymore. Well, I mean, <laughs> well, okay. So Kyokushin is really interesting. And probably you, we shouldn't get into this because it, well, it, it's fairly controversial, and the evidence is becoming more and more clear that um, 
God, I got to be careful how I say this because. Okay, so Kyokushin traces its roots to Miyagi system of Gojiru, right? Oh, and Shotokan. Shotokan, he had Nidan from Funakoshi, mm. right? Yeah. Uh, but mostly the, the katas you, the folks do. But the problem is, is let's just say there's beginning to become some evidence that the lineage of Gojiru from which Kyokushin comes from mm-hmm. is in and itself questionable. Well, a lot oh, of people, a lot of people saying that the Gogen um, wasn't very fair and didn't learn much, didn't he? Yeah, I mean that's the whole. He claimed he claimed titles he was never awarded, mm. and then he passed them on to other people. Again, it comes back to what do you mean by karate? Is Kyokushin karate? Don't know. Does it work, mm. y'all? If you ever been kicked, the Kyokushin guys are getting close. And, you know, this whole idea that they all have big egos hasn't been my experience. In fact, mm. I find some of the Kyokushin guys quite among the most polite people on the planet because they have been punched in the face, or when not punched in the face, kicked in the head, and, you know. Um, so they know what it's like to get hit. Exactly. Um, so I I think Kyokushin's its own thing. We talked about this before. Mm. Personally, I think Kyokushin's its own thing. I think, oh, you know, Masoyama... I forget his Korean name, but I think Masayama kind of looked at what was going on in the university system and went, yeah, that's fine, but can we make it a little bit more like uh, full contact? Mm. So, yeah, I think so. But yeah, the yeah, cuffs look pretty horrible, don't they? Well, well I don't know. <laughs> Those marshes to the legs look pretty sore, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I find it... Um interesting you know because my teacher was uh, always keen to show the traditional versions although we had the always the, the kyokushin is our base mm-hmm. we already had the modified them and uh, it was a mixture of a kyokushin kata version of kata mixed with the traditional ones mm-hmm. um to make them work and i finding um some of the moves of kyokushin are uh, let's say not very useful because it's kicking to the high I, to the head mm-hmm. and stuff like that so it's emphasis is on the mobility and uh, stretching but if you take that out i think there are some good things when i'm using them and i play with them but i think it's with every movement if you want to you you find the uh, connections there and mm-hmm. uh you know bunkai is just uh, whatever you can make out of it i don't think so there is um, one only true bunkai and to be honest we don't know if there was any bunkai anyway to it so well i think we keep circling back to the same issue and again this is what joe was saying i I, i've been wrestling with this one i i think he's right are we do we overemphasize the role of kata in in karate and the answer might be yes and no it might be yes and it's become the be all and the end all right Mm -hmm. which doesn't really make sense if you're talking from either self-defense or the civilian self-defense martial art individual training doesn't make any sense really outside of some other benefits to the body and learning mm. the correct st- stance um but that would be the 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 um the, the opposing argument would be yeah it does teach you certain or remind you of certain stances and you know cultivates the the spirit cultivates what we call body posturing you know, it's kind of like shadow boxing in a way. Right. Similar, not exact same, but similar. It kind of gets the body 
warmed up and it helps you remember maybe stuff you learned. You didn't have daily access to your teacher either. People forget about that. Mm. No, it wasn't until the, the 1930s, really. No, 1920, 1918, when Miyagi formed this group, the Karate in a, in with a number of other teachers in Okinawa, that there was actually daily training. And it wasn't by Iruha system. It was by let's do karate. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I, I just yeah, yeah. I think I, if you cheat, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. yeah, sorry. Um, so yeah, my, my, in my school we do kata. We get rid of the kihon completely, nearly. That was one. That's going to be one of the questions. My podcast. I'm going to be um, diving into, um, mm. and we're using a kata as a kihon practice because our system is based on on kata as a progression so every uh, every grade you do a kata um mm. and we decided that you know it's just better to do partner work instead of having kihon than kata and and mixing air and do you do groundwork too i'm assuming you do because of your background we, we do some uh, but my, my my philosophy is uh know what to do on the floor but get up as soon as possible right Right. Because it's interesting. I was just reading a, doing some reading of some articles and it talked about a meeting between um, Kano Sensei from the Kodokan and Miyagi Sensei in Okinawa. Mm-hmm. And in there, Kano is very, very clear. Like he was surprised and he actually wrote this how good, a high, high level, the ground techniques and the throwing techniques of karate were. And this is in 19. 19- 30 1928 he was surprised he actually oh. wrote how good the throwing and the ground techniques of karate were oh that's interesting that's where, gonna, exactly where that's does gonna, that disappear to that's gonna upset some people there's no no techniques it's, in <laughs> no it's not true it's not true i can actually if you give me a sec it's i i just it's in here it's in this book which is a whole bunch of translations of articles and it's very clear um he um yeah, he was really in awe of how, how advanced the techniques were. Well, because they had the shima or tegumi, whatever you want to call it. That's another yeah. term which upsetting people, tegumi. Um, but, you know, every culture on earth have a wrestling techniques because that's what we do when we're children. You don't see children punching each other. You see children rolling because it's safer. Yeah. And, yeah, if you're not, if you're not an experienced fighter, you're going to try... Well, you get knocked out or you're going to grab, right? That's, mm. Or if you can run away, obviously, that you're going to do that first. But if you can't, you're going to grab because the hand is not, unless you've trained it. Like even boxers wrap their hands. Mm. Like, you know, it's not, as a fist, it's not particularly useful. Open hand is completely different. Mm. Yeah, that's I, the other thing about kata. We talk about kata. Look how many times in a kata your fists are actually closed. It's not that often. Yeah. I actually did a study of Chitoru Katas a while ago, and I think it was less than 20% of the time. Most of the time in Katas, your hands are open. Now, it might look as a block, but is that a block, or is that a Shito, or is it a, a choke? You know, it's so that's what, quite interesting, too. Yeah, it's whatever you want to be, to be. Yeah, whatever you see, right? Which is why, to go back to Kata arguments, I would say each Kata is actually a system. I don't believe... Like Seisan, for example, or Hangetsu, whatever it's called in, in, in different systems, or Basai, or mm-hmm. Chinto. I think if you actually look at those, they're probably pretty pretty deep. And you don't actually need more than two, mm. three katas, maybe, in your life. 
Thank you. That's what we that's what we do in ours. You go to the black belt and you should choose three that you're studying and you want to do and rest yeah. is just remember them. Yeah, because somebody else like you and I have a different body type, right? Mm. So I might be good at X kata, you might be good at Y kata, but only in the fact that it Y kata helps less remember what he needs to remember his body type, or not his body type, his personality. I hate that body type argument. And, and James is a different personality, and so that kata works better for his strengths. You know, so, yeah, it's just too much. You see these systems with like seventy-eight kata. Okay, that's exercise. That's not. That's not civilian self-defense. Unless your katas are two seconds long, like they are in the Korea. Mm. You know, so. Moving, yeah, moving, moving, moving away from the kata, we, we can spend all days um, talking about it. Um, you started a very interesting thing doing. Uh, you recording your thoughts during the driving. Uh, How is that going? Because uh, uh, karate people are very um, sensitive. What's your What's the feedback on your interesting, interesting. Uh, thoughts recording? Yeah, I only share it with a certain number of people. I did that just because I had some ideas i want to actually start conversations I, I don't think we talk enough anymore in karate we have <laughs> we've lost sight of the big story i think which is and it doesn't matter which camp you're in but I, i'll pick on one camp because that would be i know the number of people in your circles mate so the whole what's it called practical karate camp mm -hmm. i'd say they're, they're missing about two-thirds of the story of karate is mm -hmm. Um, does karate always have to be practical? Why can't it just be about well-being of yourself? Like you, you use it for well-being as well. So why can't it be about that? Why can't it be like moving Zen? Or why can't it be um, about keeping your flexibility, keeping your muscle nutrition going, keeping your tendons strong? Why does it have to be practical, whatever that means? Isn't that practical anyway? But you know, if you're getting in there and pounding somebody in the head all the time, okay. Yeah, I think I think it's all karate, all activities in life. It's like you know, a bit of a religion, right? Like food, either yeah. you vegetarian or not. My camp is the best, and I think people losing that <laughs> that sight of um, bigger picture, like you said. You know, I see that as well. You know, uh, with practical karate, they're getting so obsessed with the self-defense everything is self-defense that you're getting paranoid yeah and that would honestly I, again I, i'm not in that circle um as much as you would be but that would be my concern mm. we kind of and now we're going to go full circle i just don't understand why we can't just enjoy each other's technique get together and say hey this is what we're doing this is what we're doing that you're happy doing that i'm happy doing this why do i have to be right Mm. That's why. That's why I'm in that circle. I am the one who is on a sports edge of the self-defense, and um, I try to remind them that you know there are other things to do than just uh, protect yourself. Yeah, like I, I myself, and so maybe it's yourself a little bit. I don't know your whole story, but maybe not. Maybe not. But one of the reasons I got into karate was to stop fighting. Mm. You know, because I knew was I shared this with you before because it wasn't going in a good direction. I'm not the only one. Like I know other people, uh, Mike Clark, for example, who got mm. into karate as a means to when that red mist comes down. Some of us have it, right? And it's not a good thing. No. And karate helps you see through that. If you wanted to, it doesn't have to. It can help you see through that red mist. And 
Yeah, I, I think that's the beauty of karate. It can be whatever you want it to be. Oh, right. That's, that's yeah. for me. Um, you said that the, you are working on a book. Can you share, because we've got only a few minutes left, um, sure. can you share about the, the book? Yeah, so thank you for asking. So the, the book, I'm taking one particular, and I want to give names out. Um, I'm taking one particular <clears throat> person who founded a style in... in in karate and i'm looking at his it is a he his early history in okinawa and in there i'm trying to place him in answering some of the questions you have raised today and raised other times um, about some of the myths that have been built up about him and yet missing the incredible social history in, in which karate and he in particular was living during this time frame and so I think some people would be quite angry because I dispelled a number of the myths. Um, but I don't do it out of I don't do it out of malice. I'm trying to say, well, look, in real life, when we put on our big boy pens, uh, his achievement was actually phenomenal. So I just finished before I was talking to you, I just finished the section where he's just buried some children of his children. He's just, you know, and that was never featured in the story. I mean, that's how, and he's a young man at the, when this happens. Um, and for me to go through and see the pictures, because I have some pictures of those children who he lost. Yeah, it just reminds you that like, he was a person. He was a, he was a human being. And he, to lose two children as a young man, is that's got to really... Yeah, change your, you know, you don't imagine that till you don't have a children, you can imagine that. But when the children comes and that worry sets in that, you know, the worst thing ever is to lose your child. It, it changed perspective, isn't it? And and to, to, to rob that man of that reality is, that's unconscionable as far as I'm concerned. Because mm. that was the reality for most people living in Okinawa. They lost children, they lost loved ones because they were so poor. Um, when they came to Japan, they were treated terribly. So to lose that social history is is to do us all shame, I think. Mm. So that's what I'm writing. I'm trying to put and dispel some of the myths as well, or not the myths, but some of them are myths, but also give context to the larger stuff that was going on, like Kano Sensei. I talk about the Kano. Mm. You know, I read a post just yesterday from somebody who should know better uh, that Kano first came into contact with uh, karate in 1922. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. 1911 is the first time the kids show up at the, the Kodokan and perform karate in front of him. And then they go visit him again in 1918 um, and actually stay at his house. And we know that. Like we have the kids. So this idea that, oh, it wasn't until 1928 that, uh, you know, when he finally met Funakoshi. No, that's not true. We knew mm. about it long before. So I talk about that in the book as well. Uh, I talk you... about the, the Wako as well. The pirates you, and how that forgotten. Yeah, so good. Do you do you know when it's gonna be released? Well, that's what I was asking. So I'm about thirty-five thousand words now. I think mm. I've got about another ten to go. I'd say I'm aiming for the next six months. I need to get get it through. I'm gonna have people like Mario McKenna and Rita and stuff and just correct it for me. Awesome. Um, I'm hoping in the next six months. I'm looking forward uh, to it. Thank you. No, thanks. Yeah, I'll let you know when it comes out and I'll send you a copy. Um, 
but I'm just trying to give history or karate its history, not its mm-hmm. its myths, not its lies. Um, and, and again, the whole the whole it's only two sentences I make in there about the the Kano being very clear that karate when he met Miyagi, I think it was 1922, or can't remember the exact date. When he met Miyagi, was he wrote a letter back to Tokyo saying, you know, "Holy cow, these karate guys—they are really pretty good on the ground, and they know how to do neiwaza, which is ground work, and they know how to tachiwaza, throwing techniques." And he talks about how good they are. That's uh, coming go. from Kano. That's coming from Kano. So you, you're gonna <laughs> cha- you're gonna change the face of karate soon. Everybody's gonna be doing. We are the predecessor of BJJ. Well, but there were throws. I mean, you can't. How can you not see throws in Bosai? I mean, yeah, yeah. I don't get that. I mean, no, I know I'm talking to convert, but this is the man, the big voice, and and the cross pollination between karate and, and judo has been. It's really interesting how karate influenced his katas as well. So I talk a little bit about that in the book, but that's only a, a page or so. But there's so much good stuff starting to come out now that's being translated. You know, guys like Joe Swift, Mary McKenna, they've always been doing, it, but now you have like guys. Um, Alex Bennett, who's a professor mm. here. And the more and more we get the real accurate history portrayed, I think the more and more we start to really appreciate what those pioneers went through and survived mm. to, to give us the gift that we have, you know, and to make our lives better as well. You, James, got a uh, really good blog as well. Could you share the blog? Because I've got two minutes left. Oh, two minutes. Oh, jamesmhatch.com. But I haven't put anything up. In a while, I'll be putting stuff up again soon. But, I'm going to uh, translate the, the 1947 or 37 meeting, 36 meeting of, mm-hmm. you know, that big meeting where they accept it. I have a picture and everything. It's quite funny. It's like guys sitting around a table in a room having a chat with their mates. It's like, it's not a big deal. <laughs> As it, really is. It, it just covers this. It's just, yeah, it's the original document. I mean, it's been translated elsewhere, but I just want to show the pictures of it now and just people will be like, oh, that's it. Yes, we don't even have that. So, any, yeah. Okay, thank you very much for your time. I, I hope, sorry, you, that, sorry I've got only an hour, um, mm. but um, I'm sure we can catch up soon, maybe after Christmas, and talk mm. more about your book um, in detail when you'll be ready to share stuff and, and do some promotion on that because okay, I'm really thank look, you, my looking friend. forward to it. <laughs> All right, okay. let's just have a great Christmas. Enjoy Merry Christmas. Right. See you yep. later. Bye bye. You go to work. Yep, bye bye. Sports Social Podcast Network.